0: Welcome to the University of New Hampshire School of Law podcast, where professors give legal insight on important news topics. Learn more about the law school at law.unh.edu. Today's guest is Professor John Graby, Associate Dean for Faculty Research and Development, who's an expert in constitutional law and federal courts and procedures. Uh, We'll be discussing the retirement announcement of Justice Kennedy and the nomination of Judge Brett Kavanaugh by President Trump. Uh, Start with, let's just discuss uh, Justice Kennedy's retirement a little bit. Um, He was a longtime swing vote in the court, leaning conservative primarily, but siding with the liberal side of the court on many social issues. Did Reagan expect that when he nominated him?
1: Well, um, you know, the court has shifted so much since the 1980s. I I actually, you know, if you could (laughs) reanimate President Reagan, I think he would probably be... um, on balance, quite pleased with Justice Kennedy's career. Um, the big issue is, of course, abortion. Uh, and President Reagan was the first president to, to campaign on the promise of nominating uh, justices who would overturn Roe versus Wade. Um, and Kennedy famously joined with Justices Souter and Sandra Day O'Connor. Um, to, they dialed back the holding of Roe versus Wade in 1992, but they preserved the essential um uh, uh, part of it, which is that a, a woman has a qualified right to terminate a pregnancy. Um, so, um, you know, assuming that President Reagan in good faith really wanted to see Roe versus Wade go away. And and there are those who say, uh, who've questioned whether certain politicians who have said they want Roe versus Wade to be overturned, whether they really do. Um, but um, um, assuming good faith on President Reagan's part, that may be, you know, that may be an issue that would have uh, disappointed him. But on balance, Justice Kennedy was really quite conservative. Um, he was the swing justice um, after Sandra Day O'Connor um, Sandra Day O'Connor really was more of a swing justice even than Justice Kennedy was. She was a little bit, she would tend to uh, to join with the liberal justices more often than he did. When she retired, he moved into that role. Um, and he, you know, he's, he's viewed as a swing justice, uh, you know, principally for his rulings in um, respect to same-sex sexual orientation and protecting those rights that culminated in the same-sex marriage ruling a few years ago where the Supreme Court held that there's a, a constitutionally protected right uh, um, uh, to marry. Somebody of the same sex. Um, And he was also, um, he also uh, joined with the liberals in preserving just a sliver of room to maneuver in the affirmative action context. Uh, But on balance, uh, he was really quite a a conservative justice.
0: Any other. Cases that stood out over his career that's really important.
1: Well, I mean, I think the the, the cases, the legacy is going to focus on the the, the rights of same sex couples. I think those are going to be the ones that really uh, endure. The you know the affirmative action cases. That affirmative action is is pretty clearly on the way out. Uh, even the ruling in two thousand and three that preserved. The right of of institutions of uh, higher education to engage in affirmative action uh, m- imposed such severe constraints that it's it's um, it's very very difficult uh, to see how you know uh, barring a real change in the makeup of the court uh, how affirmative action is going to be with us you know a decade from now. Um, he also. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to talk about partisan gerrymandering a little bit. Um, he was, of, of the conservative justices, he was the one who showed the most open-mindedness about the possibility of the court getting involved in partisan gerrymandering. Um, but the court... Basically punted uh, this term, and he went along with that, and then retired. Um, so, um, and we'll have
0: a separate podcast coming out on right. Thursday where we'll go a little more specific into that, which will be oh awesome. okay, all, all right, yep, right. okay. Uh, good, good teaser though. <laughs> it's okay, good good, teaser. good, good, <laughs> uh, Now with his retirement, President Trump now gets to select his second Supreme Court justice. First of all, has. This happened very often where presidents got to pick more than one Supreme Court justice.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, Obama got two. He got two over eight years, though. I mean, yeah, Trump has gotten, uh, President Trump has gotten two uh, pretty quickly. Um, And so far, he's... Uh, pick two people from the same high school. (laughs) Actually, (laughs) Justice Gorsuch and Judge Kavanaugh both uh, went to Georgetown Prep and grew up in the suburbs of of D.C.
0: Now, 53-year-old Judge Brett Kavanaugh is a former clerk of Justice Kennedy and a current federal appeals court judge in Washington. Uh, What from his career kind of made him stand out as being a candidate for this position?
1: Well, he's, um, I mean, if interestingly you know if President Trump um, I think you know identifies as an outsider right um, uh, judge Kavanaugh is not an outsider judge Kavanaugh is an insider <laughs> judge Kavanaugh um, uh, uh, you know went to Yale College went to Yale Law School uh, w- worked uh, early on on the STAR investigation he was actually the person who was tasked with uh, investigating whether Vince Foster was murdered if you remember that story and then uh, he wrote Portions of the star report um he was he worked in george w bush's uh white house for uh about five years or so um and he has been uh, a judge on the dc court of appeals now for over a decade so he's got quite a track record um but he is not um somebody from outside the mainstream at all yeah
0: pretty much and a quote from him from uh, last night uh, stood out to me from uh his announcement that basically he's conservative judge 101 for me is uh, he said quote a judge must be independent must interpret the law not make the law that's right which i mean that's that's this Basically, that's a standard to me for a conservative judge. Is that do you agree with that? Yeah.
1: I mean, the, the, and, and I've seen in other speeches, he's invoked the image of the umpire. Um, I don't, I call balls and strikes. You know, I, I don't decide what the strike zone is. The strike zone is set. And I try to make my best judgment about whether the ball is in the strike zone or not in the strike zone. That was an image, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that Chief Justice Roberts used during his confirmation hearings as well. What he's, what he's getting at there is that he is a textualist um, and an originalist. Um, a textualist uh, is somebody who focuses um, uh, almost exclusively uh, on the text of a statute or you know in the case of a constitutional case, a constitutional provision. Uh, an originalist says that the meaning of the text at the moment it became law um, is what needs to control. Um, and that is you know this is somewhat of an oversimplification <laughs> but but that is really at the heart of the divide between the more liberal and the more conservative justices on the Supreme Court. The the textualists and originalists Um, are very concerned about democracy, Um, and they say that when we are interpreting something that is a product of the democratic process, uh, we should not be putting our spin on it, our take on it. Um, Then the other side of that is that, um, you know, for the Constitution to remain a good Constitution, um, it needs to be adapted uh, to a changing world. Um, And that is perfectly legitimate uh, for judges uh, to ask, to, to not only, you know, meditate on the meaning of the text, certainly that matters, Um, uh, And and, and if the text is controlling, it's controlling. Uh, But often the text is not controlling. um, And that in those situations, it is appropriate to look at the purpose of the text um, and to try to figure out uh, how best to apply the principle underlying the text uh, in modern circumstances.
0: Why do you think uh, President Trump selected Kavanaugh over the other judges? Um, I mean, one one of them that stood out as going to be problematic was uh, Amy Coney Barrett, who spoke openly about her uh, Catholic religion being super important and might cause problems down the road. Right. Uh, but the other two judges that were also uh, brought in were kind of along the same lines, pretty safe picks, I thought.
1: Yeah. Um, um, I mean, all of them. All of them are qualified, you know, and in different times. Um, I mean, Amy Coney Barrett, um, um, because her academic right, I mean, she's never written that she would, she would vote to overturn Roe versus Wade, but, um, but combination of her life and her academic writings lead many to conclude that 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 would be likely where she would stand on that issue. So she was there's a lot of enthusiasm uh, for her from that element of of the right that would you know, that is principally motivated by seeing Roe versus Wade overturned. Um, You know, uh, I mean, he is an he's an establishment candidate. Um, He is, uh, I think, going to be acceptable to a wide range of conservatives. Um, You know, we're playing pop psychology. We never know. (laughs) Um, But um, the president is being investigated. um, And uh, Judge Kavanaugh has written... Uh, that he does not think that it is a good thing um, that uh, the president can, a president can be subject to a civil suit while in office, even though the Supreme Court held nine to nothing that that's the case. Um, he, has, he has expressed some doubts uh, about w- whether that was a good outcome, um, and also uh, about whether or not uh, a sitting president can be indicted. Now, you know, and to say that, you know, many, I would say most People think that a sitting president cannot be indicted that the, that the remedy is impeachment, but the fact that he's on the record uh, in favor of of sort of protecting presidential prerogative um, from uh, interference by the judicial process um, you know it's hard not to wonder uh, whether you know judge trump judge trump president trump uh, f- found that appealing um, you know i don't want to be too cynical about it but um, you know the the president um, does seem to be a president who um, who thinks about his own interests quite a bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I, going back to Roe v. Wade, I mean, any predictions on him being in the
1: court? How that might impact things? Yeah, you know. In fact, I just I just got off the phone with a Concord Monitor reporter, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna be all over the record now, being wrong again, probably. But you know, I know there's this conventional wisdom out there that. Um, they're not going to overturn Roe. It'll be more death by a thousand cuts. What they'll start doing is is upholding state laws that further and further intrude on the right. I don't think that's right. I think they are. Um, I think for for sure the issue is going to get back to the court relatively quickly because some state legislature um, out there uh, will enact a law that is designed to to, to test um, whether you know uh, whether the essential holding of Roe, which is really what spelled out in a, a case called Casey versus Planned Parenthood from 1992, whether that's good law. Um, I I think there are going to be five votes to to say let's not fiddle around. Um, There is no constitutional right to an abortion. Um, It's it's an issue that's to be left to the states to decide. I've been wrong about many, many things. And I may be wrong about that, too. But I, I personally think that that is the more likely outcome. I think uh, I do think that Roe versus Wade and, and really, actually, more telling we we talk about Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade, the holding of Roe versus Wade is essentially gone right now. Um, it's been scaled way, way back by the Supreme Court. Um, but I think Casey, um, the holding in Casey versus Planned Parenthood from 1992, which preserved the essence of Roe, um, I, I, I think it's on life support.
0: It, Is Kavanaugh basically going to fit in pretty comfortably in the middle of the conservatives, do you feel like? It seems like, to me, bringing up the his stance on these things, he's sounds just like Gorsuch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, an outsider. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's been, I, I think one area where he's likely to do some work um, is in the field of administrative law, which is very, very important. It doesn't capture, you know, the popular attention and popular imagination in the same way. But he has, um, in his opinions, uh, expressed considerable skepticism uh, about uh, the use of administrative power um, by bureaucrats in Washington. Um, and Um, uh, you know, because we are so dysfunctional right now, because Congress um, has found it so difficult to act, Um, There have been a couple of consequences. Uh, One has been that presidential power has expanded. And one way in which presidential power expands uh, is that the president gets to appoint the heads of various administrative agencies. And then those agencies uh, under federal law um, are given a fair, under current law, are given a fair amount of leeway uh, to interpret the statutes which create them and which authorize them to regulate. Um, And therefore, there's real change uh, that takes place after an election and after a president like Obama uh, is replaced by a president like Trump, and you know the EPA um, goes from somebody who is a committed environmentalist uh, to somebody like Scott Pruitt, who is you know basically hostile to the mission of the agency. Um, Judge Kavanaugh, I think, is very very likely um, to ex- to place some limits on the ability of the administrative state to swing back and forth um, in that way. Um, Beyond that, I do think he's, yeah, I think he will fit pretty comfortably in with the conservatives on the court. Um, I mean, he's been a judge for a long time. Um, he's been a feeder to the Supreme Court. Um, uh, he's he's sent a bunch of his law clerks to then go on and clerk for Supreme Court justices. Uh, he and Gorsuch uh, actually uh, clerked for Kennedy at around the same time. I mentioned before they went to the same high school. Um, you know this is uh, this guy is going to settle right in um, and become uh, I would say you know he's 53 years old I mean he's he's likely um, eventually to become a leader or the leader I think of that of that conservative block especially with justice Thomas getting older He and you know, he, Gorsuch is about the same age too. So, um, yeah, but he, he and Gorsuch are going to be, um, uh, probably around for, for quite a long time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, do you predict any issues with him getting through confirmation? I mean, he seems to be the, the soft take on these harder issues that like Senator Susan Collins has spoken out about.
1: Yeah. I, I expect, I'd be shocked if he doesn't go through. I mean, I think the Democrats, uh, are going to um, uh, raise a ruckus. Um, they already are, um, and that will, uh, and that they'll try to use this um, to to you know g- to generate enthusiasm among the base and to get people to vote, uh, which is a problem for Democrats in midterm elections. Um, but at the end of the day, um, the filibuster uh, was done away with during the Gorsuch nomination for Supreme Court justices, so it just takes a majority of the Senate now. Um, Jeff Flake, um, was pushing back a little bit for a while there, um, with respect to judicial nominations because he doesn't like what the president is doing with tariffs, but he's made clear that he's not going to push back with respect to a Supreme Court nominee. Um, I, I can't imagine any Republican not voting to confirm, uh, Judge Kavanaugh. And once that becomes clear, um, I think there'll be some pressure, uh, on some so-called red state Democratic senators, uh, also to consider voting for him, especially, um, you know, if they if they view that as an issue that's going to make a difference as they head into re-elections um, um, or, or midterm elections in November.
0: Thanks so much for joining me today. Sure. And we're we're actually we're going to be immediately recording another episode on gerrymandering. This is going to be released this Thursday. Uh, so definitely do subscribe to the uh, UNH Law Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. We're on both those services, or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the whole night, all the re- regular channels, and we'll be sharing each of these episodes as they come out every week. Uh, if you want to learn more about the law school, please go to law.unh.edu. Thanks.